Welcome to the Scale Up Valley podcast, where we bring the best tech leaders in the world to help you scale from two to an earned million ARR. Today, we have a very special guest. Uh, her name is Caroline Noblanche, CEO at Apricity. She is based in, in, in Paris, uh, but also the legal entity is based in, in the UK and part of the team is in, in Paris, another part of the team is in the UK. Caroline, welcome to, to the show. Thank you. So let, let's get to know a little bit more about yourself. And this time for the first time, Caroline. Caroline yes. in French. <laughs> finally, finally. I tried several times. No, but uh, you say Caroline, I won't mind. <laughs> uh, I love to say the, the name of people in, in their own language, in the native language. I'm also Portuguese, so it might be a little bit easier. We, we learn French. Uh, early on, but I forgot a little bit. But let, let's get to the show and uh, and and get let you know a little bit more about about yourself. So how how did you end it um, starting up uh, Apricity? So I started Apricity because uh, I had uh, created a, a previous company which was in um, mobile apps, and uh, then I sold this company. And after five years in the company that has acquired uh, my uh, my previous company, uh, you know I had this. Uh, little evil me saying, oh, it's time to create something mm -hmm. more, uh, something new. So I wanted uh, to, to find a, a meaningful project. And actually, I joined a structure which is called Kamet Ventures, which is a startup studio uh, mm -hmm. created by AXA, who's a leader in, uh, in uh, insurance. Mm -hmm. And right. uh, Kamet Ventures was looking for seasoned entrepreneurs. Uh, they considered me uh, good for the job. Okay. And actually, in their um, uh, under the setup, I looked at different options, different uh, projects. I wanted something that was meaningful, something that was in healthcare, uh, and something where technology could make a difference. And talking about Apricity, we are actually a, a new kind of uh, fertility clinic. Mm -hmm. We say the, the next generation fertility clinic. And I ran in that topic because a doctor came to Cam Adventures, a gynecologist who had a clinic, and he said, actually, I have amazing success rates. And that's because during the stimulation phase, I do this and that. I started to investigate this idea. In the end, we created something completely different, which is a principle of uh, mm -hmm. pivoting. But I really fell in love with uh, this topic because I'm a woman and I wanted to make a difference for uh, other women. Uh, and uh, this is a topic, uh, fertility, where you see a lot of people uh, have now troubles to conceive. Uh, it's uh, one in six uh, couples will trouble, will have troubles. Incredible. And uh, it's uh, actually one of the most important thing you will do in your life uh, to have a kid. So we felt that we could make a difference. And IVF, especially, has existed for 40 years. But uh, it's uh, still very much uh, clinical-led or something that has been organized mm -hmm. around the constraints of clinics. And we said, okay, what if we were to reinvent uh, fertility treatments now? So that's how I fell in love with this idea. Absolutely. That's a meaningful purpose. We talk so much nowadays about culture, values, purpose, mission, vision, and that, that's really a very appealing one and an important cause really have an impact on millions of families and also on, on, the, on the planet. Cool. And in what stage of growth are you in at, uh, at the moment so in terms of revenues, headcount, funding rounds? 
So uh, we, we are we incorporated the company in 2018, uh, in July 2018, and now we are at this stage where we have raised our round A. Uh, we raised actually in May 2019 six million euro. Uh, we are a, a team of 30 people uh, on two sites, as you mentioned uh, earlier, and uh, actually three because we uh, also acquired a, a company specialized in egg donation, uh, actually quite early in our um, in our journey. And in terms of revenues, we are uh, at this stage. Uh, still at the, the, the lower end of your uh, of your uh, bracket at the, yeah. the two million uh, stage, but uh, we are we are aiming for uh, for much more, and uh, we have uh, investors who are also pushing us, of course, to uh, to deliver much more. So we plan to actually right. multiply by five uh, this year, uh, and we are in the middle of the execution well of uh, of this plan. Yeah. <laughs> well done. Times five. That's. That's a very hard and ambitious uh, target. Well done, and, um, and and let's let's start there. As as you were saying, uh, we always set up the, the, this threshold from two to hundred million, inspired a little bit by um, someone from that. Sometimes I need to bring him on the show because I I'm always talking about his own rule, uh, Agram, who says that the best SaaS companies in the world show a pattern of tripling twice and doubling three times from two to six, six to 18, 18 to 36, 36 to 72 and 72 to 144, which would be kind of five years to get from uh, post product market fit to, um, to, to a, a moment that they could consider an exit or an IPO and, and keep building the company to, um, to the next stage. So what do you think about those kind of um, aggressive growth um, paces? So there is nowadays another trend where exactly in the opposite uh, way, which says it's better to, to grow a little bit slower uh, and to be a little bit more sustainable in terms of, of growth. What, what is your opinion about the, the right pace of growth? The right balance. I think that, uh, you know, we, we as entrepreneurs are always uh, shooting for the stars and we have uh, uh, very ambitious plans. Um, it's always very difficult when you are on the ground and you start to hit uh, difficulties to say, okay, I'm still going to do the plan. Uh, this being said, in our own plan, we plan uh, to uh, actually reach uh, 80 million euro in um, uh, 2023. Uh, so uh, that's, uh, we have the same kind of pattern than the one uh, you describe uh, in mind. And mm -hmm. to do that, it doesn't mean that we are rushing and we are doing uh, things uh, right. too fast, uh, but it means that uh, we make sure to have a, a good execution and uh, to also have a, a, a good basis and good foundations to replicate from one market to another, because uh, that's also how we can uh, we can find our um, our speed. So today you mentioned we have launched in the UK and uh, this is going well in the UK, but we also prepare for by the end of the year, start uh, the Spanish market and to ramp up uh, mm. in uh, in different countries with the same technology and uh, using the same uh, recipe. So ambitious for sure. If you ask me what I think, it's ambitious for sure, but uh, we, we are on the same page in terms of uh, what we want to achieve. Got it. So, and we always discuss this uh, a lot on the show, which which are the three critical ingredients to to scale. Uh, and the number one is focus. And let's start um, there. So sometimes there is a temptation after raising Series A or even after raising Series B uh, to completely uh, feel that now instead of having twenty or uh, fifteen people, and instead of having um, 
200k on on the bank account and struggling with with cash flow we have a much, a much more interesting shake of 5 10 15 nowadays the the rounds are uh, are going up and up uh, and we we have much more people that will be hiring in the next um, 12 months so we can conquer the world so let's open free markets let's go for free particles let's go for small business mid markets enterprise um, so how how do you assure focus uh, on these moments of euphoria so it, it they don't become moments of uh, depression uh, then then you need to cut everything and you you don't have hope in anything that yeah it's a roller coaster yeah <laughs> no so to uh, to keep it simple i think that uh, our job as entrepreneurs is uh, very much to be leaders and to uh, tell our teams what is uh, what is the focus and where we want to go mm -hmm. um, of course as you say there are temptations but uh, i know that uh, at our stage of development we focus on two things one is uh, the growth and uh, how to deliver the, the revenues mm -hmm. and deliver our figures. So having a, a pipe uh, of, uh, of leads and uh, testing the different uh, acquisition routes and being very good at uh, following up uh, this, uh, this path. Mm -hmm. The other one is, um, I mentioned that we want to reinvent fertility uh, treatments. And right. to do that, actually, we want to be um, a five-star experience for our patients. We want that they consider it's actually a journey which has been uh, adapted to their own preferences, constraints, and uh, which uh, allow them to uh, live their lives uh, while creating one. So this five-star, um, we define it as either above and beyond or a five-star. So it's That's both a question of focus and a question of, uh, of culture. So we make sure to have all KPIs in place to actually follow up how we deliver on these uh, two patterns. And I think as leaders and as entrepreneurs, uh, one of our main um, uh, focus is to repeat and repeat and repeat. Yeah. So to give you one example, uh, we had the product and tech team uh, we were going uh, according to uh, agile methodology. And mm -hmm. uh, very recently, we reorganized them in feature teams uh, organized towards these two goals. So now mm -hmm. we have a team which is working on growth and one team which is working on uh, five star. So that's one of the way of ensuring that the whole company uh, is actually uh, focused on the, on the same uh, on the same things. This is very interesting. Uh, we 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 hear a lot about the squad methodology or the squad mindset applied to product and engineering, but uh, still. There are a lot of companies who are not leveraging this mentality in terms of having cross-functional squads with, with marketing, sales, customer success, all focused on just a strategic priority for, for the company. So that's that's a great best practice and, and congrats for, um, for doing it. No, but uh, it's, it's not... A you know, we, we started by organizing around the mobile app and uh, the server and integration <laughs> okay. uh, like uh, anyone. But soon you realize that actually, if you want to have uh, people who are motivated and uh, aligned with the goal of the company, they have to think about what they need to deliver. And each one of them can actually uh, contribute and, uh, and uh, contribute to the growth and to the creation of value. They just need to understand uh, how and why. And this is by focusing on the objectives, uh, overarching uh, objectives of the company. Right. There is another uh, amazing um, female French entrepreneur, which is based in San Francisco from Front Mathilde. I was almost 
forgetting her name, Mathilde Collin, who has an amazing, uh, amazing articles. And one of them really covers this, what you just said, uh, Kathleen, uh, the relationship between um, what we are doing and how it connects with the purpose and with the vision and the objectives of the company. So I feel much more fulfilled as a member of the team that I know what is my contribution to, to the success of the team. So very good point um, again. And um, so let's move to the second critical ingredient to scale in our opinion, um, which is team. So, and uh, we were discussing before starting the show that we'll be, we'll need to create maybe seven companies from the two 200 million uh, ARR. We need to become seven different CEOs uh, during the journey. We need to have seven different leadership teams or at least uh, all the members of the leadership team uh, will need to want and be able to be a different people or different executive to be in the in the leadership team uh, through all those five or uh, if possible with five in, in five years, uh, which means that you have we have been grew uh, you grew uh, so so fast as we uh, shared in the beginning. So how do you ensure that you have the right team for each stage of uh, of growth? And I know that you are now in, in the beginning of your early stage growth, but given your previous experience in another uh, companies, so how do you keep uh, the leadership team in shape uh, and capable of executing your strategy? I think there are two things. Uh, the first one is um, when we created this company, we made sure that uh, we, we have a set of different skills and we were coming from different angles. So in the co-founding team, we have, uh, of course, uh, uh, someone who has run uh, fertility clinics uh, and was now in charge of operations. So he had uh, 15 years of experience in the, in the field right. of fertility. I was coming from a more uh, sales and uh, marketing uh, background um, and in new technologies. Uh, we have a doctor uh, and uh, we have uh, someone coming from, um, from uh, also a, a tech, uh, tech background. Um, so I think uh, first, making sure that you have a good mix in the co-founding team of uh, different skill sets and not being all together uh, uh, alike or, uh, you know, right. clones of uh, each other help to identify when you have uh, holes uh, somewhere in the, in the organization mm -hmm. and uh, helps challenge each other. Then um, I very much believe that uh, being in a startup, you actually recruit only excellent people. So that's one of the value of the company. I think we'll talk about the values uh, just after. But uh, we only uh, make sure to recruit people that all of us consider it's a full and frank yes. When we have a mm, really good, but this, uh, we don't go uh, for, uh, for a recruitment. So onboarding only uh, excellent people that we are completely, uh, and we listen to our guts uh, in, in that field. Mm -hmm. um, and then we have to identify who are the talents in the company because, uh, because the company is on a hyper growth and is growing very fast. You have excellent people, but they just miss the seniority. You know, you can't uh, just uh, uh, invent five years of experience. And uh, when you haven't gone through this or that uh, situation, right. excellent people will actually uh, be able to, uh, to adapt. But you have a few of them who are what I call talents, who are people that can actually explode with a company. Mm -hmm. And I think one of our role as well is to identify these people that can really explode mm -hmm. and you give them anything to do and they can uh, grow with the company. And again, it's not saying that the other ones are not good. They are just excellent as well. But you have to give them the time to actually um, 
uh, grow and not to explode because uh, you could push. It's a very, uh, again, um, stressful uh, moment, uh, this, uh, this growth. And uh, for us, being a company in medical care and in um, infertility, it's also very important not to push people to burn out. And that could happen uh, quite fast when you have uh, so much uh, emotional uh, uh, elements at stake. Mm -hmm. And especially because we talk with people who are in a very, very uncomfortable moment in their lives. Absolutely. And it's curious to see that uh, a lot of the concepts that we um, apply to marketing and sales also apply to the talent pipeline uh, itself. And it's not only also about only acquisition, it's also about retention and uh, and doubling down on, on the customers that can that we can serve the best and doubling down on the talent that we can also uh, serve the best via customer success and uh, talent retention on, on, on both sides. It's interesting to see how, how both pipelines uh, work so well. And, 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 and you know, it's what is difficult also for uh, founders is that I don't know uh, how most of them are, but I, for me as a founder, I'm someone, I'm very much of a people person. So mm -hmm. I tend to believe that the people I have with me uh, are the people who will be part of the adventure uh, in uh, 10 years time. And I think that it's important for people joining the team and for me as well to realize that the cycles that you have in traditional companies where usually you would three years in a, in, a, in a job are not the same with a startup and you have to acknowledge that uh, uh, people can also uh, have uh, much faster um, uh, cycles with you and uh, they can be great for one year two years and then maybe not uh, the best for the next stage of growth so it's important uh, both way um, and I must say that sometimes I, I find it hard Uh, to to see some people uh, resign, for example, it, it happens and uh, things happen in life. But uh, we have also to be um, to to understand it's not a personal. They don't say that they don't like the project. It's just that uh, uh, it's also very uh, stressful, and uh, you need to have uh, fresh energy all the time. And uh, that's part of the, the it's the name uh, of the game. <laughs> absolutely, and uh, I think that's very early on. We we also need to have the courage of. Um, letting people go and bringing new people that will help us to get to the, to the next stage of growth. And this can be very difficult, as you said, especially with the ones who have helped us to get where we are. So with the ones that we clearly know that they are not fit and they are not adding too much value to, to the company as well, uh, it's, it's never easy, but it's much easier than for the ones that we say, wow, this person helped added so much value to the company was so important uh, for us to get here. But uh, in order to get to the next stage, maybe that it doesn't align even with, with their uh, life, life purpose. Their own objectives, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, we had a, a very talented uh, woman uh, to run our uh, AI uh, project. And uh, last summer, she told me, okay, uh, I want to quit because I have a project of my own. I, I want to start my, uh, my own uh, business. And mm -hmm. that was uh, very hard to take uh, because... Uh, Uh, she was uh, someone material in the organization. Likewise, we had uh, an amazing uh, fertility advisor and uh, she was uh, uh, the, the one to talking with our patient, really uh, very professional, very great. And uh, uh, she met with, uh, with a guy and decided to move to Canada. So it was not possible to, to continue to, right. to work together. But yeah, that's life. It's, it's just that uh, as uh, 
managers, as uh, founders. We put so much of our lives there that it's uh, you have to uh, understand that. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's not a betrayal. It's not. Uh, it's just that uh, it's right. it's also that, it's also like <laughs> that is the word. I I I love it. It's, and do you have any name for your uh, appreciative team, team members? What do you mean by yeah, uh, kind of uh, sometimes appreciative team? No, we we yeah. we actually have uh, uh, our Google Calendar is called appreciative team, uh, yes. and then we we have a lot of uh, we play on words uh, with uh, appreciative and fertility uh, a lot. Right. Uh, for example, we. Um, you know, we, we collect uh, eggs, uh, oocytes, uh, and then mm. they are um, uh, they become uh, embryos. So, for example, we make jokes all the time saying excellent instead, right. instead of uh, excellent. So there are a lot of uh, jokes internally, but we don't call ourselves with uh, a name uh, except that we Got are it. the appreciative team. <laughs> Got it. That, that, that's amazing. Uh, because I think that nowadays people are also understanding that... Um, being appreciative is for life even when they go for their next uh, career challenges so it's it's uh, they are part of the culture they are part of the family and they are always welcome to to the team and i think that's a new way of thinking that it was good to um, to share home for a long time and uh, they will always be part and they will be represented representing our city wherever they are and whatever company and whatever life track. Uh, and what I like to say is, you know, our, our uh, job is actually to uh, to make babies. And uh, I think that Apricity uh, somehow is our baby. And uh, I had uh, the discussion with uh, one of our fertility advisors last uh, last week, and she told me Apricity will always be my baby. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, you have an amazing brand. So we could have an entire show just about how to position, how to brand uh, this brand. Not not because I'm an expert, but just just because of out of fun. And uh, and do you know, Mike, uh, what what appreciative means? Actually, what is uh, the meaning no. of this word? It's a very old uh, English term. So as a French person, I like to uh, teach new uh, English words. But it actually Ooh. means it means the warmth of the sun in winter. So when everything is dark and you have this ray of sun and you feel the warmth of it and that's what we wanted uh, our uh, customers to feel in this difficult journey of uh, uh, not ma not succeeding in having a child and uh, which is a really a roller coaster of emotion we want it yeah. to be that ray of sun uh, for them and to help them that's a great story and a, and a great analogy to get to the third key ingredients to scale the company what what the best way to do it which is the culture, right? Mm -hmm. And the culture of execution. And so what can we do as, as founders, as scale-up leaders to assure that we have, that we are focused, that we, that we have the right team on the right seats uh, and that we have this culture who brings everyone together and to who is our North Star to, to make decisions? So a few things. First, uh, I believe very much in... Uh, uh, saying what we want to do and uh, sharing values. So very early in the process, we have uh, defined what are our core values, uh, which I mentioned earlier, uh, excellence. Uh, another one is empowerment. And the last one is care. And we apply that to uh, our uh, patients, of course, mm -hmm. and our, our customers, but also internally. So uh, 
excellent. I already um, uh, dwelled on that, so I will not. Uh, okay. But uh, in terms of empowerment, for us, it's very important that people feel that they can make decisions for themselves and uh, mm -hmm. that they don't have to ask permission to do this or that. And um, also uh, caring, uh, as I mentioned, we want to care for each other as much as right. we care for our patients. So that's one is to make sure that we, we are aligned uh, in terms of values and in terms of what we want to create for our patients, which is that we want to, them to feel cared for, confident and relaxed uh, during this journey. And we assess our decisions uh, based, uh, based on that. But then we have also very um, soon in the, in the process uh, started to, we, we have uh, very soon started to um, apply lean management techniques. Mm -hmm. So, You know, lean uh, is a, a way of management that has been uh, invented by uh, Toyota uh, in uh, in Japan uh, to actually uh, make sure to align the value uh, mm -hmm. delivered to the customer with what you do internally and to actually see where there are some wastes, where there are what we call red beans and uh, where you have, uh, you're missing uh, some um, Uh, some resources, for example. So mm -hmm. we actually apply uh, lean management uh, across the company. We have a, a sensei, um, someone that uh, mm -hmm. accompanies me, but also the whole company uh, in this. We started by a, a seminar uh, all together. So we are French and, uh, and English. So we had a, a seminar in Sancerre where we, of course, drank a bit of wine and oh. enjoyed uh, good food. <laughs> uh, but we also worked a little bit. And during this uh, seminar, we had um, a game to To where you actually uh, build a paper chicken, um, uh, yeah, some uh, puppets, uh, and mm -hmm. uh, everyone has a role. And you could see it's uh, one can fold, one can uh, be the carrier, the other one will be the one uh, uh, delivering, and etc. And you can see how difficult it is to actually match and uh, uh, your objectives. And from mm -hmm. there, we have uh, so it was very visual to to understand and a metaphor of what we are doing in the company. But now we do very regularly what we call the gambas. Uh, Gamba is uh, when uh, uh, we go on the field and we observe what is done and uh, what is a red bean. So what is uh, the moment when we are either losing time or we have a problem and etc. And we make sure to look at a piece, at one uh, problem mm -hmm. specifically to solve this problem. And we do that in every uh, department of the company. So that's one of the things of the culture is uh, to uh, make sure that everyone knows this uh, lean uh, management techniques and that we have visual management on, on our walls, that we follow our KPIs and that we can actually uh, act uh, one step at a time because uh, sometimes it can be a bit overwhelming to see at everything you have to fix, especially in our case, because if you think of it, we are a bit of a customer uh, service uh, company. Uh, we are a little bit of a, a, a clinic. We are a little bit of a technology uh, company. And we have all of these ingredients uh, together. And that's by, by combining all of these ingredients that we deliver an amazing uh, experience for our patients. But it's actually very difficult because we don't focus just on being an excellent clinic or being excellent in medical. We also uh, have to make sure that uh, uh, our uh, customer uh, service is, uh, is excellent and that our uh, app and our tech uh, is, is excellent. So that's where uh, we have mm -hmm. to, uh, to make sure that everyone understands the goal, the different techniques with uh, lean management. And who is accountable nowadays or if there is someone accountable for um, the customer experience or the customer life cycle? So nowadays we start seeing in some companies the ads 
of customer experience in other companies is the customer success who takes care of uh, of that and in other companies it's operations so uh, how how does it work in in apricity in apricity as i mentioned we have uh, different people accountable for the for the two goals so we have someone right. who's in charge of growth right. and that's our sales and marketing director and we have someone mm -hmm. who's in charge of five star and there we have twofold because five star is one the most important thing is to have a baby, the success rate. So Got it's it. ensuring that uh, we have uh, uh, higher live birth rates for our babies. So this part of the job, uh, it's actually our uh, chief medical officer, uh, Mara Kotrotsu, who's uh, in charge of uh, this indicator. And uh, we have another uh, part of that, which is mm -hmm. to deliver an amazing experience in the sense you meant, uh, Mike, mm -hmm. which is actually, right. um, uh, we, we actually follow that uh, with the NPS uh, score and with uh, interviews with our uh, patients. And this one, it's uh, our chief operating officer, uh, Andrew Berkeley, who's actually in charge and uh, accountable with this uh, amazing team of uh, fertility advisors and uh, nurses. That's, that's amazing. And in terms of the rituals, so what we call the cadence of accountability and the cadence of execution. So nowadays, I believe that uh, almost in the tech world, if they are not doing, they are trying to do <laughs> at least the, the weeklies, the monthlies, the dailies, the quarterly reviews, the annual reviews, uh, the all ends, uh, the town hall meetings. So what are some of the rhythms that are most relevant to you and are really critical for you as a CEO to assure that everyone is on the same page? So um, for, for us, uh, I would say that the basis is more the weekly basis. So each team, for example, the, the tech teams, they have daily rituals. So uh, they have yeah. a daily where, because we really believe that uh, I would so much love to be a developer. You know, you can create value every day. That's uh, just uh, amazing. So they know at the end of the day, if they achieve the successes of the day, which is not always my case as a, as a CEO, I, I call some of my days the Josh Lehman days. I don't know if you've seen this uh, TV series called The White House, where the secretary uh, of the president or his chief of staff is called Josh Lehman. And every day they say, today my day will be focused on environment law. And then he has done everything. <laughs> it's two o'clock in the morning and he has done everything but that. I'm a bit on the Josh Lehman uh, days at the moment. Uh, but... Uh, when we, we, we talk about the, the team and, uh, and their rituals, I would say that uh, the most important ones are the weekly ones. So if we, for example, talk about um, the, the advisor team, the fertility advisors, daily they have a, a meeting where they actually share what needs to be done and et cetera, and they need, a little, they need a little bit of help. But every week they have what they call the dojo. Again, it's uh, coming from, mm -hmm. um, from the lean management. And during the dojo, uh, every one of them brings one of the problems they had. And when we say problem, it's not necessarily something that is like a, a super dramatic, but it's a difficulty and you are not sure how to solve. And they share together, they pick one, and they share together and say, okay, do we have a process for that? Uh, is the process good enough or does it need to be amended? Mm -hmm. Is that a problem that will occur again and where we need to, to write another uh, uh, standard operating uh, procedure, uh, SOP? Um, and right. if so, what would it look like so that they can apply it uh, next time? So I would say that the weekly uh, rituals are the most important one. And at my level, I have also a weekly catch-up with a management team where we monitor our KPIs, especially on growth and on uh, five-star experience. And you do this in different rhythms uh, or in the same weekly? 
No, it's uh, it's uh, different. Uh, so the advisor teams they have their dojo on uh, on the Friday, Got and it. the management team um, catch up is on uh, is on uh, Mondays. And one it. of the difficulty we have, I don't know how it is uh, for other companies, but you mentioned we are located in uh, Paris, in London, and also uh, in Hose uh, in Yorkshire with this company in the egg donation we acquired uh, last year. Um, so uh, one of the difficulties for us is that we are not always in the same place. So for right. example, me, I'm not based in Paris. I'm based in the Eurostar, you know, the train that commutes between uh, right. Paris and London because <laughs> I have to be so much in, in both, uh, in both uh, locations. But uh, a lot of things are happening through uh, video uh, calls right. and that's not as easy as being all in the same office. Uh, so we have to uh, make sure to... Uh, to have regular catch-ups, to call each other, to have uh, uh, tools that are extremely efficient if we want to make sure that the communication uh, circulates well. Absolutely. Awesome. And we, we get to one of the most exciting moments of the show, which is the last question, <laughs> which is if you would have the opportunity to start again at Precity and uh, meet um, Caroline, uh, at that time, what advice would you offer to, to her? Uh, that's a difficult question. Usually, Mike, the way I answer this kind of question is if I were to share with a younger uh, person, because I was already an entrepreneur before, so I, I know what or it takes. And, are there. Yes. Yeah. But um, very often I meet with uh, uh, young women uh, who want yeah. to uh, be entrepreneurs and uh, they hesitate a little bit because they also want to create a family and have uh, kids. Mm -hmm. And because we are a, a company um, who reimagine uh, fertility, uh, the, the key advice I, I give to these people is actually to say, you know, it will never be a good time to have a baby uh, and uh, you can do it all. You can have a baby and a career. So uh, don't wait for too long. Uh, because uh, it, uh, we see uh, too many women uh, at Apricity who have uh, difficulties to conceive, so it's better uh, to actually uh, start uh, this um, uh, very important uh, thing in your life uh, earlier. So it's not an advice to myself, but an advice to other women uh, uh, hesitating to start their, their company. Uh, and I think that's very important to say. We are told as um, uh, young women how to... Avoid to be pregnant, but we are mm -hmm. not told enough how to get pregnant, and that uh, we have a biological clock, and that after 35 mm -hmm. it's uh, it's difficult. So it's never time. Uh, it's mm -hmm. there is never a right time, but it's important to go uh, and uh, do it all. And I would say to myself, to the younger myself, uh, you know, everything is. Uh, you put so much of yourself in that try to protect yourself as well and set boundaries because uh, otherwise it's easy also to uh, to work 80 hours uh, a week and then you don't have a clear uh, vision and as uh, a manager it's important also to stay calm and to uh, to take a step back and to be the one to say okay we're going that way even if that's difficult even if um, if sometimes you you feel it's uh, the, the 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 slope is is very steep. <laughs> Absolutely, and what an amazing episode uh, to help you scale in life and in business. Uh, Caroline, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Mike.
And to our community, thanks for being there. Uh, hope, hopefully you have enjoyed uh, as much as I had uh, this amazing episode about helping you scale in life and business. And in the case of business from two to 100 million ARR in, in life, as, man, as many kids as you, as you need. And uh, don't forget to look at Apricity and see you uh, next time and keep scaling.